Lights, camera, action. Hey guys, it's me again. I'm Graydon, and I'm your guide through a deep dive into the world of movies right here on the Director's Cut, exclusively on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Check down in the description below for all the ways you can follow us on our website at the Bloodline Network, at all of our socials on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even on Twitch. Check us out there. And remember, you see that thumb? Hit that thumb. See that subscribe button? Hit that as well. And ding, 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 that bell notification for when we go live. And without further ado, let's dive in. But let's see who's here first tonight. We got Tim. What's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Uh, we have Nick from... Oh, we uh, sorry. We got Nick from the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Here we go. What's up? I'm doing well, Nick. I can't wait to talk about the future of the DC Universe. Right here, we got Cage. You failed the city. <laughs> Have a good show. Yeah. I haven't failed the city yet. The city has failed me. <laughs> uh, and then... And then we have one more. We got Devin. Throw your ones up for Devin right there. Way to go, guys. And here we go. Like I said, we're diving into the world of James Gunn's DC Universe. What 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 does this mean? What does this mean? This does not mean I'm talking about the Flash movie. This does not mean I'm talking about uh, the Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. This does not mean I'm talking about Blue Beetle. Because these three DC movies that are coming out this year and next year do not exist in this brand new DCU or what I call the James Gunn DCU or James Gunn's DC. They don't exist. What we are getting though is Batman, Superman and green and green lantern and two green lanterns, which were featured prominently in this newly reimagined DC universe, a shared overarching storyline blending. Listen to this closely because Marvel's not doing this blending films, television, animation that means both movies and tv games and more all under the watchful eyes of dc studio presence james gunn and peter saffron for those of you that don't know who peter saffron is, saffron is he is the business side of dc studios james gunn is the creative side so you have two guys who know this business james gunn knows how to write and direct comic book movies we've seen this or even write and direct movies and knows what sells and peter saffron knows if an idea will work or not from a business standpoint and if it will make them the most money. That's a good recipe for success, folks. We'll, we'll talk today about the 10 projects in the first part of the this two-chapter, eight- to ten-year arcing storyline. The first part of Chapter 1, of which these new movies and TV shows make up, is being referenced to God and Monsters. It is officially kicks off. July twenty, uh, July eleventh, twenty twenty-five. Yes, that's right. We still have to wait another two years for the DC Universe reboot. Two more years with Superman Legacy, a brand new live-action Superman film, after which all the DC content will take place on the same canon, except the Matt Reeves, the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, and that universe, and the Joke, yeah, Todd Phillips Joker films, Joker, Joker Two, Dole Vu. These two will be out considered Elseworld titles. So anything that's that way or anything dealing with video games, movies, television, that is not part of this canon will be called Elseworlds, and they will title it DC Universe Elseworld. So they're going to label it as such. So 
we're getting a lot of DC content, but sometimes some of it will be main continuity, some won't. So, which makes it easier to watch if you want to watch something before a major movie happens. <clears throat> there will be a Green Lantern TV show called Lanterns, a Booster Gold show, a Swamp Thing movie, which we'll all get into in a little bit. Supergirl, Amazons, and a brand new Batman movie. Yes, another Batman movie that goes that coincides with the Robert Pattinson Batman films. This one's called. This one's inspired by Grant Morrison's popular one entitled Brave and the Bold. Which will feature Bruce Wayne as Batman, Dick Grayson as Robin. Uh, sorry, Damian Wayne as Robin. I get the comic book confused because in the comics, Dick Grayson's Batman, Damian Wayne's Robin. The comic book is based off of what shortly is shortly after Bruce dies in the comics, and so thus with his death, Dick picks up the mantle. Damian becomes Robin. But those are just a few examples of what's coming, and we'll talk about all Ted projects. And in some of them, I'll go depth because we've dealt with, we've seen a lot more coming out of these movies. A lot more news and casting for that. First one up is called The Creature Commandos. Those Superman legacies are the true star of the DC universe. Two projects will come out beforehand. They're also part of this overarching universe, this overarching canon. What's up? What's up, Ivan? What's up? First up, and already in production, even before the writer strike happened, already in production before the writer strike happened. So this is, should be coming out by the end of this year, maybe early next year. Is an animated HBO Max series that James Gunn himself has already written, and it's following the adventures of Rick Flag Senior. For those of you guys, don't get confused with the Rick Flag and the Suicide Squad movies, because that's his son. That's Rick Flag, Rick Flag Junior. Rick Flag Senior. Is a leader of the Creature Commandos, save, save leader that was in the comic books. The Creature Commandos are a group, a group of monsters, pretty much. They're a group of monsters, which I'll go get to what type of monsters they are here in a little bit. No, no, Tim, not not, not Rick Flair, Rick Flag, woo, Rick Flag, woo. The team. The, the team consists of Dr. Phosphorus, Nina Mazursky, Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein, described as the leader of the show, G.I. Robot, and Weasel, who, of all whom are being cast with the thought of it, that if an actor voices them on the show, they'll also play them in live action. So this is going to be an animated movie that will tie over to the movies. So thus, whoever's played, a, who's ever doing the voice of these characters, are going to play, a, hopefully, in a live action version of them. Which is very interesting to say the least, because this is the first time this has ever been done. And if done successfully, it will set DC apart from Marvel. Because it won't be because Marvel is not doing that. The Creature Commandos made their first appearance in Weird War Tales number 93 in 1980. Created by G by J.M. DeMantis and Peter Bra and Pat Broderick. The Creature Commandos is a special military unit composed of supernatural beings, Project M. The unit that controls the Commandos was started in 1941 and used the monsters as a covert team in World War II. Gunn and Saffron have revealed their lineup for the upcoming animated series. We have Rick Flagg Sr. He's an incredible World War II fighter pilot who leads the Suicide Squadron, a precursor to the Suicide Squad we know today. His son is the leader of the Suicide Squad. Huh. So like father, like son, you guys, should, so like some would say. 
He is tasked by SHADE, which stands for Superhuman Advanced Defensive Executive, with leading a new team during the war. One far more capable than the former convicts he had to keep in line previously. Flag has a history with the Justice Society of America as the father of Rick Flag, who we've seen in both Suicide Squad films, played by Joel Kinnaman. You know, in the last one, he was wearing the yellow shirt. Yeah, yellow t-shirt. That, that was him. So we're getting also Nina Mazursky. Nina's a scientist for Shade and special, it specializes in biology. She's, she's experimented with creating life and even attempted to make living beings for the creature commandos. Mazursky later figures out how to develop superpowers and tests it on herself. Yes, she creates her own superpowers and tests it on herself. I hope we actually get to see that thing, that scene in the movie, because in the comics, it gets pretty in-depth. And, and at times, pretty gross, too. She's now an amphibian woman who joins the commandos' ranks. Yeah. She's an amphibian woman. Think of um, what's-his-face from Hellboy. Uh, Abe Sapien. Think Abe Sapien. Kind of like that. Dr. Phosphorus. Dr. Phosphorus is typically depicted as a Batman villain in DC Comics. After being exposed to radiation, Alex Sartorius, his physiology has changed entirely. His body now burns with eternal flames, and he vows revenge on those who caused this tragedy. How many of you guys out there would want would want a body that's always burning. I know I wouldn't. He's the opposite of Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze freezes stuff. He pretty much, anything he comes around, gets set on fire. It's kind of more of like a radiation. The way the way they draw it in the comic books seems more like a radiation than it does a fire. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is very interesting, isn't it? Isn't it, Ivan? Okay, so the next one, next character we have, is Frankenstein's monster, or as they call him in here, Eric. His name is Eric Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein created a man who would become the classic monster we know today. Known simply as Frankenstein, or Frank, sometimes Eric. The creature was eventually recruited Shade Project, the creature commandos. Yes, it's pretty much just Frankenstein's monster. GI Robot. This is a very interesting one. GI Robot were machines designed to aid the U.S. military in World War II. The first of these robots was known as Jake, Jungle Automated Killer Experimental, so Jake, and it was destroyed in battle. The second robot, Jake II, was assigned to the Creature Commandos, where he was a core member, thus becoming GI Robot. Weasel. This is the first significant change to the Creature Commandos lineup. Weasel is not a part of the team's roster. Instead, the beast is often on the Suicide Squad. The character typically seen as a Firestorm villain, which is the Firestorm, the the hero Firestorm. You know, you've seen it about Flash. He's the one who's Roddy Raymond and uh, Martin Sheen. Yeah, him. But his, DCUO, but his DCU origin is unknown. Sean Gunn portrayed him in the Suicide Squad. If you see the Suicide Squad movie with, um, King, with Sylvester Stallone as King Shark, Joel Kinnaman, and Hale, so had Margot Robbie, he was the weasel on there. Either that like little gangly-looking thing. Yeah, that was him. The Bride. The Bride of Frankenstein will be the main character in this Creature Commandos show and movie. Her comic origins are very different from what we've seen before, usually referred to as the Bride. Lady Frankenstein was also a member of Shade, where she and Frank fell in love. The two have had a child who was unstable, leading Frank to have to kill their son after he violently attacks them. This causes a rift between the Bride and Frank. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right, Cage. Played by Robbie Amell. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about in Flash, yeah. All right. So we've had some interesting casting for or this. Frank Grillo, you know, crossbows for Captain America Winter Soldier, is set to play Rick Flagg Sr. Maria Bakalova for Borat, subsequent movie film, if you've ever seen that. She's hilarious in there. Will be Princess Elena Rosevic. We don't know much about this character, but it's interesting that they have someone who's not a creature commander already cast. Indira Varma from Obi-Wan Kenobi as the bride. Zoe Chow from the after party. Azita Mazursky. Alan Tardik, who you guys might know from a lot of different things. I mean, Alan Tardik is a voice actor. He does a lot of different roles. You might know him in Resident Alien on sci-fi currently. He's, he's also the redhead and dodgeball, the one who thinks he's a pirate. Yeah, that's him. From Har- he's also on a Harley Quinn. He's playing Dr. Foster's and David Harbour of Stranger Things. That's right. Hopper from Stranger Things and Hellboy is playing Eric Frankenstein. And of course, like I said, Sean Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy Saga is playing G.I. Robot. And Weasel. And Steve Agee, if you've ever seen Peacemaker, you know who Steve Agee is. Steve Agee, he plays John Economos. John Economos is one of the people who work under Amanda Waller in the Suicide Squad. So this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, Ellen Tonic is, is in everything. Yeah. Yep. Baklova's, you know how I said there's this Princess Baklova? Baklova's character, Princess Elena Rostovic, is a ta- is an original character created for the series. It's also noteworthy that Shotgun is also returning to voice Weasel. A character he portrayed in the Suicide Squad. Which, with the return of both Weasel and John Economos, we could probably expect an appearance from one Viola Davis as Amanda Waller or other Suicide Squad supporting characters, kind of like the four that survived the last movie. So it, we have Ratcatcher, we have King Shark, we have Polka Dot Man, and I forget who the fourth one is. Harley? Yeah, and Harley. So those are the four that survive. Oh, five. Sorry, five. Rick, Rick Flagg also survives that one. So, yeah. So those are... That, my friends, leads us into our next movie. With, or, sorry, series. Starring Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. It's a live-action HBO Max, or now called Max series, set, uh, centered on her character from the previous DC movies, which is, which is something that, according to Gunn and Stafford, is currently on the table for editing previously casts, which means Henry Cavill, with the exceptions of Henry Cavill as Superman, and Ben Affleck as Batman. That means Gal Gadot could come back, but not as Wonder Woman. Jason Momoa could come back, but not as Aquaman. So that's very interesting that they said this, that they're allowing these former DC extended universe characters, or the Snyderverse characters, actors, I should say, not characters, actors, to come in and be a part of this new franchise, which is great, but playing different roles. The story will bring back characters from Peacemaker in Waller and tell a story of the, with the events between Peacemaker Seasons 1 and 2 because Gunn hasn't had time to write Peacemaker Season 2 yet. You know why? Because of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's why. Robbie Amell, no. That's Stephen Amell is the wrestler. Stephen Amell was Arrow. He's also on that TV show Heels, which he's the wrestler. He's the one who was trained by Cody Rhodes. That's who you're thinking of, not Robbie. 
Robbie is the one with the dark hair. Stephen Amell is more of a blonde, a dirty blonde, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So the first movie in this entire thing we're getting is called Superman Legacy. Set for release, on, like I said, in July 11th, 2025. The only locked-in release date so far. Superman Legacy is written by James Gunn with the hope he might direct. When he obviously has stated since then he is directing. And while the Commandos of Waller will be out first, it was made clear that this is the big official start of the DCU. Big official start. So what is this about? It's not an origin story, Saffron says. It focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Superman represents truth, justice, in an American way. He is kindness in a world that thinks kindness is old-fashioned. So with what I'm getting at here is we're going back to the Christopher Reeve Superman style. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys watching out there. I was a huge fan of Man of Steel. I kind of understood after seeing BVS and Justice League where Zack Snyder was going, but you don't have to make Superman dark to fit in with Batman. He is the antithesis of Batman. His always goody-goody two-shoes is what keeps Batman in, in line. It's what makes the Justice League keeps them in line because they keep him in line because he is a god amongst men. Our, our stories in general... We want to take it away from the good guy versus the bad guy gun added. So, which means it's not about Superman battling the likes of like Lex Luthor, Brainiac, Parasite, Toymaker. It's not him just battling these guys. There's really, really almost a saintly, there's almost really, really saintly people. Superman is among that. And then there are really terrible villains like Joker, Gorilla Grodd. And then there's everyone else in between in this gray area as Gunn says, there, and which allows them to tell more complex stories. There have been some casting rumors with this movie, including, including, I like this first one right here. I like this first one. What up, JD? What up? This first one right here, Nicholas Holt from the X-Men First Class series and the current movie that's out, Renfield, with Nicholas Cage as Dracula, is up for Lex Luthor. I like this. In the X-Men First Class movie, he is the beast. He is beast. He's Hank McCoy. For those of you out there that are horror fans, this uh, this choice for Superman right now, the front runner for Superman, is David... Uh, I'm going to butcher this SM. I'm sorry. David Corin Swat from Pearl. He played the projectionist there. So if you guys are horror fans, check out Pearl. The, the guy who plays the projectionist, he's going to... He's up as a rumor for your Superman, which... I, I saw his stats. He's 6'4". So if they're making Superman 6'4", that's good. He should be towering amongst the Justice League, in my opinion. So the next one we're talking about is this. We're talking about Lanterns, which is a live-action HBO Max show described as a true detective-type mystery, but with superheroes. It's it, The two main characters are Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, your two most popular Green Lanterns out there. This Earth-based show, yes, it's based in Earth, will see the two lanterns who are basically super cops on precinct Earth telling a story about some kind of ancient core that's crucial to the overall story that the DCU is telling. What is this ancient core? We don't know. Is it the billion blocks of them getting their powers of the Green Lantern rings? Maybe? Maybe we're getting Blackest Night. 
Maybe we're getting Brian State. Who knows what we're getting? Maybe it's a mother box again, which I highly doubt James Gunn would go because, yeah, we, it would just – we don't want another dance-off like in Guardians 1 with, with something with that immense power right there. The next entry in this, ladies and gentlemen, is very, very interesting. It is The Authority. You guys might be scratching your head. Hey, Grin, who are The Authority? Well, let me tell you. According to Gunn, this is a big movie, which he also described as a passion project of his. Why? Because he likes taking these obscure characters that no one knows of and making them huge. Look at Guardians of the Galaxy. No one knew who Guardians of the Galaxy were or even cared about them, even in Marvel, until the movies happened. He's currently working on an outline for it with another writer. The Authority is a very different kind of superhero story, Gungan said. It's basically good intention. They're basically good intention, but they think that the world is completely broken, and the only way to fix it is, is to take things in their own hands, which means killing people and destroying heads of state. Yes, what does this sound like? This sounds like the boys. The boys were inspired by the authority. That's true. Look it up. The boys were inspired by the authority, and these... And this hero, this group, is some crazy uh, has some crazy powers. Whatever they want to do, they, to make the world better, we'll see how this journey goes for them. The authority comes from Wildstorm. It's an imprint of DC Comics. So there's DC and Marvel, right? Right here's DC and Marvel, right there. DC Marvel. Wildstorm is an imprint of DC, which means DC DC is their publisher, but it's an imprint, which means. Not many people know who the authority is because no one knows this. But all Wildstorm characters are on the table for the DCU, which is impressive because not, not only are Wildstorm characters on there, Dark Horse characters are on there, which is also owned by DC, which is home of one John Constantine. But he's not mentioned in here yet. We might get, be getting another Constantine. Although there's rumors that Keanu Reeves' Constantine movie might happen. That might be an Elseworld film. So, yeah, that's going to be happening here, too. The founding members of this group, I, I'm, I'm just going to go through their powers really quick, so bear with me. Jenny Sparks, the spirit of the 20th century, the group's founder and her leader. She control. She has control over electricity, ability to transform herself into electricity, and she has de-accelerated de aging, which means she ages slowly and she can turn herself into electricity. Yeah. Apollo, the sun god. Basically, he's a solar power being capable of absorbing solar energy and converting it into immense physical strength and speed. He also released lasers of heat vision through his eyes. He has a regenerative healing factor. He has light manipulation, invulnerability flight, and enhanced senses. Who does this sound like? This sounds like Superman. But Apollo is the opposite of Superman. He'll kill at any cost. He just... He's not goody, goody, good two shoes like Superman is. The next one, Midnighter, the knight, the knight's bringer of war. He has enhanced physical abilities, temporary pain suppression, auxiliary heat. Oh, sorry, an auxiliary heart. So, which means when he dies, his auxiliary heart can kick on and restore him back to life. Neuro, neuro tactical wet, wetware, which is. The costume he wears is hooked into his brain, thus he can control that through his mind. He's a master combatant. 
kind of sounds a little bit like Batman, doesn't it? Yeah. He is multilinguistic. He is stealth. He's a weapon expertise. He's a skilled tactician. So, yeah, it, this is pretty much Batman. The Doctor, or a.k.a. The Shaman, or Jaron Thorndike. His powers are magic, enlightened senses, and reincarnation. So he's able to come back to life again. We have the maker, Angela Spica. Blood, is she, her powers are very interesting. Listen closely. Blood nanites, which turn her into liquid metal and able to create solid medical objects. She's able to shapeshift. She has adaptive durability. She has nanite fabrication, which could be self-duplication, telescopic vision, electrokinesis, radio telepathy, technopathy, which means she could control and talk to computers and everything like that, and technology, virus spreading through, and she can spread viruses through nanites. Huh. So they mean, they mean to save the world, uh, save a corrupt world in their own ways. She's the perfect person to be uh, on here. Yeah. Yeah, Ivan, I agree. Totally wow. Uh, Jack Hawksmore. The, his powers are ridiculous. He's known as the god of the cities. He's nearly inver invulnerable within a city. So you, you battle him in a city, you're not going to beat him. He can communicate with cities. I'm not kidding. He can communicate with cities, building streets, and ask or force them to do what he commands, making buildings explode, having the ground open up and swallow enemies, have the entire city of or parts of it reshape itself, form hands out of skyscrapers, etc. He has the ability to control cities. He can animate part of the city or the whole thing. He can renovate entire cities in moments. He can teleport between cities. He can have city-wide awareness by knowing what the city knows. You know how like Las Vegas is a city that never sleeps and there are secrets in Las Vegas? He would know them. He would know them right off the top of his head. His powers aren't restricted to large parts of things like the ground or buildings either. He can control individual objects in a city just as easily. So he just doesn't control the entire city. He can control the little microscopic things within the city as well. And last but certainly not least is Swift. She's also known as the Winged Huntress. She's pretty much a bird human. She has talons, claws, and wings. That's her abilities. I don't know about you guys, but the authority is ridiculous. If they could get this right and pull this off, these guys are going to be nuts on the screen. And I'm kind of excited to watch them because I've read some of the Wildstorm stuff that they're in. I've seen the Superman versus Authority movie, but their powers are kind of toned down in the in that movie. I just want to see them full blown. I really want to see Jack Hawksworth speak to a city, go to a building. How are you doing today, buddy? How are you doing today? And actually control a city. See the city get up off the ground and kind of walk around. Think of it like the Statue of Liberty and. Ghostbusters, but walking on her own, not because of music or not because of some special ooze. So, the next one we're getting is Paradise Lost. How did Wonder Woman's world, Themyscira, come to be? That's the topic of the live-action HBO Max show that Gunn and Saffron have described as Game of Thrones on Themyscira. Game of Thrones on Themyscira. That sounds pretty interesting to me, folks. Home of uh, Themyscira's home of Wonder Woman. But set in a all, but set in the place before her birth. 
It's an origin story of how this society of women came about. What is it? What are their politics like? What does it mean to be a Themyscirian? What are their rules? What? Who's in charge? What are the games do they play with each other to get to the top? James Gunn says it's really an exciting thing and a really interesting thing they're working on. And what about Princess Diana? Like I said earlier, Gal Gadot isn't opposed to coming back. Nothing is finalized. And Saffron and Gunn said they have been in touch with her. Not necessarily as Wonder Woman, as Princess Diana, maybe as Hippolyta, her mom. Maybe as somebody else. I mean, they could tell this story years, like eons before Wonder Woman even happens. You can almost go back to when, I mean, they're, they're kind of Roman-esque in nature. Kind of could go back to the time of the Romans and the Greeks and kind of set it there and then expand from there because that's that's thousands of years ago. And you can say Wonder Woman is present day. That's then. That's, in my way, that would be a perfect thing to do. You get it as far away from Diana as you can, but still make sure, oh, these are the people that become who end up creating Diana and who end up training her and teaching her all these values that she holds dear. The next one is the Batman one, which is one I'm excited about, because if you couldn't tell, I'm a huge Batman fan. See, see right here, the blanket behind me, my shirt today. This is a big one. Matt Reeves' Batman films are still happening. That Those are envisioned as a trilogy and a series called the Batman Crime Saga, because he's more of a detective, so they're keeping those as an Elseworld thing. But will not be part of the DCU. The DCU, however, will have its own Batman and a Robin. The story of Damian Wayne. For those of you that don't know, Damian Wayne is the son of Talia Ghul and Bruce Wayne. Yes, Bruce Wayne was drugged by Talia Ghul so she so he could sire so he could impregnate her so she could sire a perfect host for her father Raja Ghul who was dying. Yeah. Bruce had no idea Damien existed until Damien shows up as an eight to ten year old in the comic books and he goes, Hi Dad, I'm your son. It, it, it doesn't really happen that way. It, there's a lot more bloodshed in it. But I mean it's just, just listen to what Gunn has to say about it. Batman's actual son, who we did not know existed for the first ten years of his life. He was raised as a little murderer, an assassin. He's a little son of a bitch. He is my favorite Robin. It's based on Grant Morrison's comic book, which is one of the favorite Batman runs. And we're putting all that together right now. Yeah, yeah, really not part. Of, yeah, that one's really not part of the DCU. The the tired Phillips Batman, not part of the DCU. It's interesting that they have a Batman movie. It's not part of the DCU, and then one that will be. It's kind of interesting to say the least. But by the time Batman comes out, we're talking maybe 2026, 2027. That trilogy of Batman will be done. That Todd Phillips trilogy will be done. So thus, the Batman. By the time this Brave and Bold movie happens, we'll have our own definitive Batman in the DCU. Thanks, Devin. Thanks. Yeah, this is a very good breakdown. I, I took my time into breaking this down and finding all the news articles for this type of stuff and diving into char character stuff like this. Grant Morrison's comic book, like I said, is Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne. And it shows how Damian's dealing with the death of Bruce and how Dick's dealing with the death of Bruce. Damian doesn't want to listen to Dick because he's not his father. D Dick goes, I'm glad you're not my kid because the way you're acting... I would kill you. 
<laughs> he pretty much says that in the comic book. And I mean, they don't hold anything back. They hate each other, but then throughout the entire, but then throughout the entire series, which was short-lived series of like ten issues, that throughout that series they grew to respect each other. Even though Dick's now Nightwing again, and Damien's Robin, they still respect each other. Damien's one. Dick is one of the people that Damien actually trusts more so than anything else. Out of all the other Robins, and even Bruce. Well, that's not all. This is going to feature other members of the extended Bat family, according to Gunn, too. Because they feel like they've been left out of the Batman stories in the theater for far too long. Also, no, Gunn played coy when asked if Dick Grayson would make an appearance. So, he played coy, which means we could see Dick Grayson. If we see Dick Grayson, he's going to be Nightwing. Honestly. If you're bringing Damien and he's going to be like 10 years old, maybe 12 years old, Dick's a full-blown adult. Don't make him like he's 18, looking like he's 30. I'm looking at you, Batman Forever, and Batman Robin. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. Looking at you, Joe Schumacher. <laughs> but, you see, because of that, because of that, Dick would be a perfect Nightwing. And then you could bring in the Titans. You have a fantastic TV show already with the Titans. Maybe get Brand Thwaites, who plays that wing in there, who does a phenomenal job. Maybe bring him in and make the Titans part of this universe. It could very well work. The next one is a weird one. It's Booster Gold. It's Booster Gold. You're right, Tim. I, I will tell him. Will they listen to me? Probably not. So when you guys share this later, hashtag WB, hashtag DC at WB D at WB Pictures, do all that and make this make me that clip calling out Batman Forever, Batman Robin as a short. Young Justice was the shit. It was the best, one of the best animated shows in recent history. It sucks that we only got a short um season four, but it was still a great season four. This just, if you haven't seen Young Justice, watch it. That shows you what DC could still do animated while. Give me what I want. You know what I want. Give me what I want. What I really, really want. <laughs> but we are getting an HBO series about Booster Gold. He's a loser from the future who uses his basic future tech. Yeah, basic future tech. Not the most expensive stuff, or not the best of basic tech to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. That's who Booster Gold is, and he breaks the fourth wall kind of like Deadpool does. He's a guy who's a loser in his world and tries to become a hero in this one, ends up becoming a loser, but yet it's interesting they're bringing in Booster Gold and they have Blue Beetle here. Like I said earlier, I don't think Blue Beetle is part of this, but the, one of the Blue Beetles, Ted Cord, we're getting Jaime Reyes, so they're going with a younger Blue Beetle in this new movie. But Ted Cord, the original Blue Beetle, was a friend of Booster Gold and was kind of his conscience at times. They were best friends and had great adventures. Thus, the Brave and the Bold, the Brave and the Bold title was theirs in the comic books. It was. Even before Batman took it over with that awesome TV show voiced by Diedrich Bader as Batman. Ooh, that that's so good. 
watch that, I, I you you won't be disappointed. It's kind of campy, but if you enjoy a campiest, a campy look at Batman, watch Batman: Brave and the Bold. It's fantastic. But that's where Booster would fall into that camp type of stuff. It, I see Booster go kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It'll be that one that breaks up the monotony and breaks up. Okay, here's the serious stories we're telling. Here's the funny one. Here we go. That's what Booster Gold, in my opinion, will be. The um, gun said, think of it as the story of a superhero with, with imposter syndrome. And how to deal with that? How does he try to use his future tech to be loved by the people today? And what is it really at the basis of that as a character study? What it's, it's going to be a very different type of show, and we're taking, and they're talking to an actor about it this right now. So they're actually working on Booster Gold and all these other things right now. Some of them are on the back burner because of the writer's strike, but they can still talk casting. They don't need a writer yet. James Gunn could write. Is that part of the Writer's Guild? The next one's very, very interesting. Not only are we get a Superman movie, we're getting a Supergirl movie. Supergirl World Woman of Tomorrow, based on Tom King's run in the comic books, which is a, which is an amazing story of Supergirl. This movie will explore how Supergirl is different than Superman, not just because she's a girl. Superman is sent to Earth and was raised by incredibly loving parents, whereas Kara was in a piece of Krypton from the explosion that drifted away from the planet and lived there for the first 14 years of her life. It was a horrible situation where she watched everyone around her die. And so she's a much harsher and more fucked up Supergirl than what we've seen before. I think this is going to be very, very interesting. It's the complete opposite of her cousin, but Kara has, or Karen, Whichever Supergirl you're going to go with, Power Girl, uh, Power Mar, uh, Power Marky now, one of them is. But anyways, you you look at that, they are kind of more have an attitude where Superman doesn't. So they're kind of not necessarily the antithesis of Superman. They're kind of like, what happens if Superman didn't have his morals in, in check? That's what this Supergirl sounds like. And Tom King has showed this in his run. Check it out if you're a fan of comic books. Of course, say Sasha Cal will play Supergirl in the upcoming Flash film. And Gunn Seffrin have not ruled out the fact that she could return in the role. But that's not set yet. This next one's one I'm also excited for. It's Swamp Thing. This is a film that will investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing. For those of you that don't know who Swamp Thing is, it pretty much is a, a doctor who gets thrown into a swamp and the algae and everything, bring him back to life as their guardian, as their savior, as the Swamp Thing, the keeper of the green. Any living thing on the planet goes through him. It's important to point out, says Saffron, that all these stories, although interconnected, they're not all totally the same. So each set of filmmakers will bring their own aesthetic to these films, and the fun is seeing how these totally... Different works mesh up in the future. And this is where DC, I think, will succeed based off of the base of where Marvel is failing. What's up, Streets? You're about ready to hear me bash on Marvel in a DC stream, so let's do this. <laughs> but anyways, because you see, after Infinity War and Endgame, even, even a little bit before that, all the MCU movies 
felt the same. Same humor, same concept, same kind of, hey, we're killing off the villain. You have a guy like Cheng Shi who only has two villains. You kill one off, who are you going to bring in? You already screwed up the Mandarin. You're not going to have him back. What are you going to do? I See, this is where DC is. They're allowing the filmmakers to bring their own aesthetic to these films. Think of Thor Love and Thunder. It was completely different than anything we saw there. Yes, it was horrible. But Taika Waititi brought his own flavor in that. Think of the original Thor movie with Kenneth Branagh. It was very Shakespearean. And Kenneth Branagh, is, the way he directs his movies, makes it where he's very much very Shakespearean in tone and in nature. So as you guys can see, we dove into, and that's the DC, what's coming up on the DC slate. Slate. We dived deep. Oh, oh, oh it's a deep burn. Oh, it's so deep. Ah. We dove deep into the DC universe. And come back next week when I dive deep and give you guys the entire timeline of the Fast and Furious franchise. When each movie takes place throughout the entire course, leading up to my review of Fast X. Yes, that is next week. It's my review of Fast X and my timeline of the Fast and Furious franchise. I have some closing remarks to say right now. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light! Yeah, beware of the Green Lantern's light because if you... That's because if you don't hit the, all those socials, share this with your friends, hit that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell notification, he'll come after you. He'll come after you. See what he did there? He'll come after you. Street says he's definitely interested in DC a little now, but they let me down over and over and over again. Yeah, I know they have. They have. But Streets, may I make a suggestion? Check out their animated stuff. Their animated stuff has been top-notch since Batman the Animated Series the 90s. Check that out. Check out all the DC animated stuff. You won't be disappointed. Yes, there's some misses there, but most of them are home runs. And I know you being a sports fan will enjoy home runs out of the park each and every time. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, man. Thanks for saying it was a great show. But anyways, do what it says. Beware his power. He will come after you if you don't share everything or don't follow us right here on YouTube and all our social medias. All that stuff is down in the description below. And as always, check me out on my channel, The Bin Buster, on all my social medias down below and right here on YouTube. I discuss movies like and do stuff like this all the time on my channel. I have stuff coming, I have stuff coming out this week and even next week. Each week, I'm not only on here, but I also have videos on my channel. So I'm producing content on two channels right now. So yeah, you want all your movie stuff? Come to Come to the Bloodline Entertainment Network where I talk movies like this. If you want more movie talk of different subjects a lot more and a different look on the take of physical media, come to my channel at The Bin Buster too, And tell them, great and sent you. Wait, I am The Bin Buster. I'm just having a Booster Gold moment right now. Oh. But anyways, thanks for watching. And remember... Follow us on every social media platform. Until next time, I'll see you guys later.